Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, what I had on my heart this afternoon was to talk about healing. And, uh, you know, you can't ever talk about healing too much. You know, because we have, we have to stay built up in the area of healing. I'm good, Miss Kelsey. You, we have to stay built up in the area of healing. Because it's one of the major areas that the enemy wants to attack us in all the time. And, you know, our bodies are designed to live forever. And then Adam came along and uh, he messed it all up. And so we've been having to deal with it ever since. But, you know, sickness is a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a tool of the enemy. He, he really wants to steal, stealing, killing, and destroying. It's all three of those things. We know from John 10, 10, that's his, only, that's his purpose. He's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When you're sick, he's stealing your time. He's stealing your money. He's stealing your peace of mind. He's trying to kill your body. He's trying to destroy parts of your body. And, you know, we need to recognize him for what he is. And too long we've been, we've been held now. You know, I can't really say this is true for you, but when you go out of here, you need to be supplied with the tools to, to minister to somebody in the area of healing. So tonight what we're going to be talking about is the reasons why you should expect to be healed. And, uh, you know, I have to honestly say that growing up, I did not really understand healing. I knew God could. That's what I knew. And, you know, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And there's a whole lot of people who don't know that God's plan includes healing. Amen? They don't know it. There are people who will fight you over the fact that, it's, that God wants to heal you. I, that I don't understand. And, and what I did not know growing up is that it is always God's will to heal you. There is never an instance where it's not God's will to heal you. Never. Now, we don't always have our faith in where it, where it ought to be on a level and a plane that we can receive the healing he's already provided for us. But it's not on God's end. Do you hear me? It's not on God's end. You know, somebody once would say, well, that's, that's, a, that's an awful thing to say that somebody didn't get healed because they didn't have enough faith. And I'm going, well, what's worse to say I didn't have enough faith to get healed or that God chose not to heal me? You know, if, if I understand that the issue is on my end, I have the capacity to change me. Who am I to try to change God if that was true, that, that he didn't always want to heal? Who am I to say to God, what do you mean you're not going to heal me? Why, why would you? It's, it's wonderful to know that the ball's in my court. And see, that's the other thing that most people don't know is that it's God's will to heal them. We grew up in a, in a time where, you know, you just pray, you know, if, it God, if it's, you know, the end of prayer, with, if it's God's will. Well, the whole thing is you don't need to be praying until you know what God's will is. You don't need to, to go to God in prayer until you've researched 
the problem and the answer that goes with the problem. Because there are answers in here. And if you don't know what the will of God is concerning anything, you don't need to be praying about it yet. Why? Because your prayers will do you no good. If you don't know absolutely what God's will is in any situation, then you are very likely not to stand very long on what you prayed. You can't have faith unless you know what God's will is. Seriously. Your faith is not going to be there unless you know without a shadow of a doubt what God's will is on any subject, whether it's healing, whether it's financial, whether it's peace. No matter what it is, you will not be able to believe God without knowing what his will is for you in that area. You just can't. So number one, we're going to talk about how many have I got? I have six reasons here why you should expect to be healed. Number one. And there's no particular order of importance here. Because God healed in the Old Testament and he has not changed. Go with me to Exodus, the 15th chapter. Exodus 15 and verse 26. It says, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all these statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. That last statement, I am the Lord that healeth thee, is where we get his name, Jehovah Rapha. I'm the healer. I am the healer. I am the Lord, your physician, one uh, translation says. He is your physician. He is your healer. Go with me to Exodus 23, verse 25. It says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. You know, I don't know. How many of you, how, how many of you ever, how you pray over, over your food? But this, this scripture right here is something that, that we do a lot of. You know, it's not just God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. By his hands we are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. You know, I learned that when I was little. Some people haven't gone beyond that. You know, I, I, used, to, I used to laugh. My, my dad was something else. If you were out, to, I mean, my dad had this, this very structured prayer he prayed over the food and it was like i think he would he could have said it in his sleep and i'm thinking how much is that genuine when you've got it so memorized that you just reel it off without even thinking you know you ought to pray over your food with with i mean determination you know, with, with gladness of heart, with realization of what you're praying. But we pray, you know, over meals. You know, sometimes, now I have to honestly admit, when I'm hungry, it's thank you, Lord, for this food. Amen. But there are times, you know, when we go, we'd say, thank you, Lord, that you bless my bread and water. You take sickness from, from the midst of me. You fulfill the number of my days, and you bless everything I set my hand to. You know, there's a good opportunity to speak the word of God over your life and over your, 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 your every situation. It covers it all just while you're blessing the food. But it says, 
Here's, I will take the sickness away, and the, your number of the days you'll fulfill. That's in verse 26. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. You know, you can do some research on this, but um, some people just believe that, that everybody's got a date on the calendar that they're going to they're gonna live to. You know, your days, your days up, your number, this is your, you know, God's called your number today. You know, I find some verses where it says, with long life will I satisfy you. Who's going to be satisfied, God or you? I think that implies I'm going to keep you here until you're satisfied. You know, we don't have a specified number of days when God leaves it open-ended. You know, I'll satisfy you. Are you satisfied? I don't think so. Anybody who goes home before they're an old person can't possibly be satisfied. There's no satisfaction in that. The satisfied person has lived a long and fruitful life, full of the blessing of God, full of seeing God's faithfulness at work in their lives, full of all determination to see a next generation, you know, walking out the plan of God to doing everything that they've been able to do to fulfill the plan for their own lives. That's when you're satisfied. So your days I will fulfill. And who determines that? You do. You do. Don't let the enemy tell you anything about anything other than that. Go with me to Psalm 105. Hallelujah. Psalm 105. And verse 37. He's talking here about how the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt. And it says, he brought them forth also with silver and gold. There was not one feeble person among their tribes. We're talking about several million people who came out of Egypt. How in the world is that possible? That not one feeble person was among them. Because he's the Lord that heals them. That's how come. But you know what? I was looking at this and I thought, okay, children of Israel brought out of Egypt. It's a type and a shadow of us being brought out of the kingdom of darkness. He brought them out and there was not one feeble among them. He brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And there's no reason to think he did less for us than he did for the children of Israel. He brought us out completely whole intending for us to walk in the, in the plan that he had, has laid out for us with bodies that cooperate with what he's got for us to do. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 8, 6, it says we have a better covenant. I think looking at this, just seeing that he brought over several million people out and there was not one feeble, and then to know that we have a better covenant than they had should make us have a good realization of the fact that God's in the healing business. He intends for us to walk whole. He intends for us to be strong. He intends for us to be mighty. He intends for us to be well able to physically do whatever we need to do at any point in our lives. Because in mixed six million people, there was young, 
There was younger, there was middle-aged, there was a little more than middle-aged, there was senior citizens, and there were some really old people in that group. And there was not one feeble among them. Not one. Hallelujah. And then, and then God can't violate his own word. Hebrews 6, 12, when he was talking, talking about Abraham, the promise he made to Abraham said he could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. Numbers twenty three nineteen says that God is not a man that he should lie. And, and we know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that. As Isaiah 55, 11, go with me there. Isaiah 55, verse 11. These are scriptures you just need to kind of keep, keep close at hand when the enemy tries to tell you. That you're sick. Verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The word of God will not return void. It will accomplish what it set out to do. You know, Malachi says, oh, Malachi 3 6. Let's look at that one. Malachi. And that's the last one. Last book of the Old Testament, 3 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. And of course, we've already referred to it over in Hebrews 13 8 that Jesus who is the embodiment of the Father God on this earth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has never changed his mind about healing. He's not going to change his mind. He will never change his mind. What he has set up to work in our lives will always work. Always. Number two, reason why we can expect to be healed is because Jesus died to atone for our sicknesses as well as our sins. Go with me to Isaiah 53. You were just there. Hallelujah. The great healing passages. You know, I did not know, you know, growing up to me, salvation was just getting born again and going to heaven. I had no idea, no idea how much that word Includes, But what it includes is sickness. It includes, you know, preservation, safety, deliverance, healing, soundness. So here in, in chapter 53, you see in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. If you go back up to to verse 4, that word griefs, maybe you're reading it out of a different translation, but in my my regular King James, that word griefs should have also been translated as sickness. And that word sorrows should be translated as pains. 
He carried our sicknesses. He bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. He took it all on him. Those stripes on his back did exactly what it needed to do for our healing. You know, he had 39 stripes inflicted upon his body. And they say that in, you know, they, they, they tell us right now that all sickness and all disease can be put into 39 categories. Is that not amazing? For every category of healing, that there is, a sickness that there is, Jesus took a stripe for that category. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't say, okay, cancer, we forgot cancer. We didn't get one for cancer. Oh, we didn't get one for Parkinson's disease. Oh, we didn't get one for this. We didn't get one for that. No, he bore those stripes on his back. And the, the, what he bore was complete and total payment for what you and I did not and do not need to suffer. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Matthew eight sixteen. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, verse 16. Oh, I'm sorry, 17. It says that it might be fulfilled, which was pro- spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. You know, you see the same thing. You see 1 Peter two twenty four, By his stripes were healed. Go over there. 1 Peter two twenty four. It always helps to look at it. Somebody can quote it to you, but you need to see it. I don't know about you, but when I see something, it stays with me a little bit better than just hearing it. Hearing it and seeing it is a good combination. 1 Peter 2.24, Who in his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You know, if we could just get people to understand that their healing has already been accomplished, it makes believing God that my body's lining up so much easier when we know that it's already a done deal. It's already been accomplished. Everything that was needed for the health of our bodies has already been provided. You know, it's, it just is, is wonderful to know that, that our body, this physical body, I mean, is, is the shell that our spirit man lives in. And God didn't ignore the state of this physical man. He provided the healing so that the spirit man who lives in here, this body could be the kind of body that it should be to house the spirit man, the big spirit man that we have on the inside of us. He wants it totally well. We've been bought with a price. You know, for people to say that that God doesn't heal today, that miracles aren't for today, that it's not God's will always to heal, is to deny the price that Jesus paid for our healing. It's to say it wasn't enough. How could anybody say it wasn't enough? It was more than enough. Because he's the El Shaddai God. The God who's more than enough. There's no exceptions in salvation. We all know that. We know that God intends for everybody to be born again. 
He died for all. What does John 3.16 say? Somebody quote it. For God so loved with it. Whosoever believe in him should, should not perish but have everlasting life. And then it goes on to say that God sent his son not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Nobody was left out in the price of salvation for the saving of the, the man that's on the inside. And likewise, nobody was left out when it came to the healing of the body. Nobody has been left out. There are no exclusions. You can go through the entire New Testament, or the, the Gospels, that is, and, and see what Jesus did. You can see all the places where he healed. And, you know, and the Bible clearly tells us that of all the things that he did, the half hasn't been told. That the, there's not enough books to contain all the things that he did while he was here on the earth. And so we know just from the examples that were given that he never denied the healing power that resided in him to anyone who came, to no one. He never said, I, I don't think you're good enough. I don't think this is time yet. I think you need to learn some more. I think, I think this, if, if we leave this on you, somehow we're going to give glory to the Father out of this. What gives glory to God is healed people. Sickness has never brought glory to God. Now, I know some people would, would, would you know, argue with that. Oh, but in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of, they were able to witness to people. Well, that's wonderful they were able to witness to people. But they, they could have done that without being sick. Well, Job said this. Well, I don't care what Job said because I go back and I see what Job did. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So some of those, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. No, that's not an accurate picture. Job accurately said that, but that's not an accurate picture of how we should look at God. There is no example anywhere of any hesitation on the part of Jesus to heal anybody. You know why? Because if there was one example there that Jesus was hesitant to heal somebody, that for any reason whatsoever, then the enemy would always bring you back to that one example, saying, you're just like that. God doesn't want to heal you. Jesus didn't pay enough of a price to heal that. He would always come up with a reason why that exclusion applied to you. You know, that's why there are none. There are no examples of that. Absolutely. You know, you can go that and through the Gospels. You can see all kinds of places where it says Jesus healed them all. There are more places that didn't exactly specify that in those terms, but it's pretty obvious that that's exactly what happened. In Matthew, look, you can go on in there. You know, in the, New, in the Old Testament, we see the brazen serpent that was raised up. You know, and anybody who looked upon that brazen serpent was healed. In the New Testament, because we have a better covenant, we're looking unto Jesus, the healer of not just our spirit man, but of our bodies and of our minds. You know, everything is there. I, I, you know, I've, I've had many occasions... You know, to talk to, to people just, you know, in conversation, you, you talk about somebody who, you know, they, they need to get healed in their spirit, you know, of, of things that had happened in their life. And, it, you know, it's never really been the time to argue with them about that because I don't want to get into an argument. I just want to clarify some things. But I'm here to tell you, when people start talking about their spirit man getting healed, there is no such thing. Your spirit man was recreated. 
It was, it was it's in the image of God. There's nothing imperfect about your spirit man. Your spirit man doesn't need healing. Your mind needs to be renewed. The problem with people who have these issues that somebody wants to say, well, their spirit needs to get healed from that. No, they have an emotional issue. And emotions fall in the category of the soulish realm. And the soul man has to be renewed with the help of the word. If somebody gets a hold of the word and renews their mind, they can let go of all of that stuff. It has nothing to do with healing their spirit. There is no such thing as spiritual healing. Do you hear me? That's my little soapbox for the night. Okay. You don't obtain healing based on your merits and what you can do. You obtain healing because of what Jesus has done. It's all the work of Jesus. Not your We struggle so much. So many times in life, you know, trying to get healed. We're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. Stop trying and just receive what he's already provided for you. Amen. Uh, reason number three. Because all sickness is a result of Satan's work when he brought sin into this world and Christ was made manifest to destroy his works. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And 1 John 3, 8 He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins for, sin is from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Ah, isn't that wonderful to know? That was the purpose Jesus was sent for, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And sickness is certainly a work of the devil. Certainly a work of the devil. Unlike some, what some people want to think. You know, how did sickness enter in the world to start with? How about Romans 5.12? Hallelujah. Thank God for thunder. It's been too dry around here. Hallelujah. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You know, Adam is the one who handed over his authority to the enemy, gave him the opportunity to bring sickness and death into this world. You know, we, uh, we see, if you, just, if you just look, physical death is a product of sin. Spiritual death happened the day that, that Adam took a bite of that apple. He was separated from God, and his nature became a sin nature. And he passed that sin nature on down through the ages. God never intended for this body to wear out. But if you'll just look, man's lifespan expectancy has dwindled and dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. As the centuries have gone by, as the generations have gone by, man has lived shorter and shorter 
periods of time. We're living in a day and age where medicine has gotten so wonderful that the age people live to has gradually gone up a little bit. That's not without the significant aspect of medicine that God has gifted people to, to discover. I'm, I'm just, there is no way that I ever attribute any strides in the medical world to anything other than God whether the people who discovered are serving God or whether they're not. You know, the enemy's intention is not for you to get well at all. And why would he, why would he give anybody, you know, the knowledge they need to come up with medical things that would help man? I think it's all part of God. But you know what? Sickness is just death on the installment plan. That's really all it is. You know, One day you and I will die. This physical body will die. But it doesn't have to die sick. It doesn't. Sickness is is an attack on man, God's masterpiece of creation. You know, you, you need to look at yourself as a masterpiece because you are. You are the crowning glory of God's creative ability. The, the, the one thing that he, he set the moon, the stars, the universe in motion because of his masterpiece. He put air here. He put the sky. He put the water. He put the mountains. He put the trees. He put the animals to bless his masterpiece. And you are his masterpiece. And he doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want the enemy to have the last word in your life. And so Jesus went about doing good, healing all. Colossians 2.15 says, Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of him openly, triumphing over them in it. And he led captivity captive. Oh, captive no longer. You are not a captive to sickness. Jesus has dealt with that already. Hallelujah. It's just the work of the enemy. How about number four? The reason you can expect to be healed is because the same spirit that worked through Jesus and raised him from the dead is still here. Luke 4.14 says how Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus. Let's look at that one. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Healing all, healing all, healing all that were oppressed. You know, sickness is an oppression. It's an oppression of the devil. That's exactly what it is. And Romans 8, verse 11, look at that. You can have a loud amen right here. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Does, it dwell, does that same spirit dwell in anybody here tonight? 
if that's that same spirit raised up Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he that raised Jesus Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine the power that reached down into hell? When Jesus had been there for three days and three nights. The power that reached down in there and said enough. And raised him out of that, out of that place. And brought him forth with captivity. With the keys of death and the grave in his hands. That same power is at work in you. The same power, not a different power, but the same power. How much power did it take to get Jesus out of there? Well, I'm telling you what, it shouldn't take much to heal a body if it could do that. If he could possibly do that same power is at work in you because healing belongs to you. That same spirit, that same spirit is at work in you when you believe him that your body is healed. Amen. Number five, we can expect to be healed because of Jesus, his last great commission and God's direct command. Go with me to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew 9 and verse 35. It says... He, was, he saw the multitude. Let's see. No, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Verse 35. Cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the kingdom of the gospel, or the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they, were, they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he said unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He's wanting you as a laborer to go into the harvest fields. And I tell you what, when you go into the harvest fields and you tell somebody that God is God and that he loves them and the way you can pray, Prove it to them is by laying your hands on them and praying the prayer of faith and seeing God's healing power at work in them. That's what Brother Christopher is doing over in Africa right now. He is out there teaching and preaching and healing. He's telling the people that there is a God. There is a God who loves them, who's more powerful than any other gods that they know anything about. He's telling them that he's came to not only save them, he came to heal them. And then he demonstrates that. By praying for the sick and blind eyes open and lame people walk and every kind of sickness and disease is cured because they just believe it. They just believe it. And there are people who will stand by and see all these things happening and they'll go, wow, that must really be the real God. Somebody once said that healing is the dinner bell for getting people's attention. To hear about Jesus. You know, there are people who are listening for a dinner bell that you come in contact with every day. The Great Commission says that he's given us the power and the authority to go do what he's done. Uh, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Matthew 28. Verse 
Verse 18, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go you, therefore, and teach all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the world. Now go with me to Mark 16. No, we can't talk about this without going to Mark 16. Verse 15, don't you just love the way the Gospels, you know, every, all of them maybe talk about the same thing, but they all say it a little differently, bringing out more. Verse 15, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will recover. You know, I like to go down a couple more verses. Verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of the Father. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I take that as a mandate. That if we go everywhere... And preach the gospel. The Lord will work with us and will confirm the word with signs following. Just like he did with the disciples. Amen. Um, John fourteen twelve says, greater works than these will you do. It wasn't limited to those 12 disciples. It wasn't limited to the people who, who, who lived in that time that were directly connected with Jesus. It applies to you and me. Greater works than these will we do. James 5.14 says, If there's any sick among you, lay hands on them and they will recover. Number six, the reason why we can expect to be healed, because of God's marvelous promises, the fulfillment of which depends altogether upon the exercise of our own faith. Matthew 21.22 says, Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Mark eleven twenty two. you know what that says. Either you're close by, just turn the back a couple of pages. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be the cast of the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Anybody desire healing ever? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. There's the promises. Um, John fifteen seven says, If you abide in me, ask what you will, and it will be done for you. Matthew nine twenty nine says, According to your faith be it done unto you. Mark ten twenty seven says, What's impossible to man is possible with God. With God, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23 says, all things are possible to him who believes. And then the opposite is true. Matthew 13 and Mark 6 both, both say that people were not able to get healed because of their unbelief. Your faith is what grabs hold of the healing power that's already made available to you. Matthew 17 uh, 
17 uh, through 20 talks about being faithless and because of their unbelief. Listen, the word works. If you heard Pastor on Sunday, he, he talked about the fact that we don't deny that there's sickness in this body. But the truth of the matter is that there is healing being provided for every symptom in your body. Symptoms may be there. That is a fact. We're not denying the fact. But I deny it the power to stay in my body. Because the truth of the word of God supersedes that fact. That it cannot stay. Faith is of the heart. Too many times, you know, we we get to the place where we're saying a lot of things but not believing a lot of things. you got to get it from here. It's got to drop down in here. And when it's here, you're going to be at rest. It doesn't matter what the symptoms are. doesn't matter how you feel. doesn't matter how you sound. It only matters that you know that you know that you know that you know you are the healed of the Lord. And you rest in that fact. Morning, noon, and night. Because many times you'll wake up in the middle of the night, you know, just wake up or something, and the enemy's right here talking, just talking to you. And he's saying all kinds of not-so-wonderful things. That's when you know, when you can look, you can just go, ah, nah, and turn over and go back to sleep. That's when you know that you know that you know that you know. Because I can tell you from experience that the middle of the night is when he likes to come. And because and, and, nobody else is around at that time. There's nothing else going on. There's no sound. Listen, if you're having a problem and, 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 you're, and you're, you're, you're having an issue just trying to get a hold of the fact that healing belongs to you, let me suggest that you get something and you put on some healing scriptures, or you put on some, some worship music, you put on some, so that if you wake up in the middle of the night, that what you hear is the word of God. You don't have to listen to this other voice that's trying to talk to you because there's something already filling the room. There's already something filling the atmosphere of when you wake up, and you can just be at peace and just go right back to sleep. Just go right. We've done that at times over the years. Put something on, put a CD in in the CD player and put it on repeat, you know, and that thing just played all night, just all night. Because I'm telling you what, there are times when you don't need silence in the room. You don't need silence. You need to hear something. You need to be here. And when you're sleeping and those things are are being played in, in that room, your spirit man never goes to sleep. So he's getting the benefit of what of what's being put in the atmosphere of that room. Don't ever think that it's, that it's a small thing. It's not. You, know, you may not even be paying attention. Maybe, you, maybe you're trying to work, but you've, you've, got, you've got something, healing scriptures just, just in the background, just play. Your spirit man can, can get in on that while your mind is engaged in something else. It's okay. Listen, don't just expect healing. Demand healing. Demand healing. Listen, we don't have to demand anything from God. I, I put, I, when, it's, when I'm talking about demanding something where God's concerned, I'm not saying demand is you give me it because my right. No, what, what I'm saying is you put a demand on it. Just like if you go down to the bank, you've got money in your bank account. When you go up there and you put a, put a slip in there, you're saying, I demand. I'm putting a demand on my account. My account is full, and I need to take some of that out of my account. They have to give it to you. They do. So you're demanding what already belongs to you. 
telling your body, you will line up. You will line up. And then you, you look at the devil and say, you took, take your hands off my body. You take your hands off my body. You, you, you take these symptoms and you go. You know, you don't play around. You know, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes that, that people, because of their personalities, don't put up a fight where the enemy is concerned. You know, you can't be passive, you know, where the enemy is concerned. You have to put your foot down and keep your foot down. What, what I, I saw something just a couple of days ago that I thought was really interesting. I think Steve Green is the one who put that up, and I thought, well, isn't that good? Steve, do you remember what I'm talking about? He said, if you, if you could look at the back of the devil's neck, you'd see the imprint of a nail-scarred foot. Isn't that good? Listen, he's got no business putting any symptom on you. None, and you need to tell him where to go because that nail-scarred foot, that's Jesus, and I'm part of Jesus. And if Jesus' foot's on the back of his neck, then my foot's on the back of his neck, and he's got to take his junk and go. And you need to tell him in no uncertain terms where to go. You can go tell him to jump in the lake because that's where he's headed. Amen. So those are reasons to expect to be healed. You can take those and you can use those when you're ministering to someone else who's not sure whether God heals today. And you can just just tell them all these things. I mean, make a case for healing. You know, we ought to be ready any time and any place we find ourselves, you know, to be able to tell people how good God is and what he'll do for them and what he's already done for them. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.